on the advice of their lawyers and also their doctors. Off the Perch podcast would like to inform all listeners that the opinions expressed in these recordings are solely personal and do not reflect the views of any organizations they are associated with. As such, if you are offended by any content herein, please contact Off the Perch directly and they will be addressed live on the next show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Off the Perch. It's episode uh, 1,483. Uh, it's Steve. Chris. And uh, you sound a little weird again. You feeling under the weather? Yeah. A little bit? Okay, I get it. I get it. It's this temperature change it, it thing. Was, it was the loss to NYCFC. It was the loss, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into that, let's, let's jump into the DC game, uh, which we won that game... Uh, what was it two to one? Two to one. It, it feels like it was like six years ago at this right. point. But uh, no, we won the game two to one. We are undefeated at Audi Field, two wins and a draw. Uh, Wayne Rooney uh, gifted us a beautiful red card early in the game uh, by elbowing uh, Christian Caceres Jr. in the face in the box. Uh, I saw there were a lot of people that were yelling about that it should have been a penalty. But you can't have a penalty on a dead ball. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. Um, but yeah, what were your thoughts about the uh, DC game? Ah, well, I mean, the uh, obviously the the red card was was a phenomenal moment just yes. for for really for all of of the the fan base. I believe should be a great moment. Um, you know, especially since there are these ideas that you know Rooney is the kind of players like him, the ones we need to be signing. Um, so it doesn't really prove anything, but it's like, uh, it, it, it's always nice when one of them fucks up yeah. in, in like, in like such a, a royal manner. Yeah. And, and his reaction of just like, what, what do you mean? I, I can't elbow somebody in the face. I saw Slaton do that like yeah. a month and a half ago and yeah. it was fine. Yes. Like, why isn't it fine when I do it? Which I mean, fair, uh, fair, fair enough. Fair point. Um, you know, if. If one Man United reject can do it, then all Man United rejects should be able to do it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so so Kaku scored the first goal. Uh, we they go down a man, and did nothing else really happen until the no uh, Tarek sent it. Yeah, Tarek got a, the second red of the first half, which. It's still look, ridiculous. Yeah, like look, looking. I don't remember what the first yellow card was, but the second yellow card was was nonsense. I mean, it looked like it was. Uh, I mean, at best, it was a foul, but for my eyes, it was like a fifty-fifty uh, kind of challenge, and they both hit the ground. Yeah, um, and he was sent off for it. Apparently. Yeah. It it, it was ridiculous like absolutely ridiculous because i think from from our vantage point it was hard to tell maybe maybe i just wasn't paying attention but like it, it wasn't until i watched the replay and saw what the actual foul was uh that yeah. it really like enraged me that yeah he was sent off for it. yeah that was uh when i saw what it was uh it's just like that yeah like you're gonna give that, a... that is the same thing as elbowing someone in the face yeah with both of your elbows yes uh, I, I always will go back to 
uh, domed wire shoving Robles into the net on a mm-hmm. corner kick. And not only did he not get a yellow or a red, <laughs> the goal counted. The goal counted. <laughs> uh, MLS referee is just pro referee is just straight garbage. Just the absolute like bottom of the barrel, like worst officiating in soccer. It's so inconsistent too. It's like there are times where where a referee will like call a good game and then the next time he goes out there it's mm-hmm. it's like they blindfolded mm-hmm. him. Like there's no rhyme or reason. They're just equally just scatterbrained and ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, like oh, I was too good last week. So yeah. you know, better Yeah, yeah, my my <laughs> card numbers are going down yeah. my averages i gotta you know pad the stats and, and and you know what i deserve it because on the way down when uh when i saw that elfath was going to be the referee i was like i was like you know what this is a good thing because he's probably one of the better referees in this league he's one of the <laughs> ones that i don't it was like him and somebody else they pulled the stats on like when they referee our games as opposed to anybody else mm-hmm. like the, we end up getting more calls like things go in our favor there's like one or two referees that like aren't haven't got there, the memo from him. I, so it might be a different uh a different stat but i think it, uh alan kelly is the one who in 2018 we had the best record under and you know the theories behind that were that the way he officiates a game just you know where he doesn't call that many fouls and he tends to let play go yeah. kind of plays into into the you know yeah. our tactics yeah. or our ex tactics but it, it sort of feels like Elfaf hasn't been given the memo to like <laughs> the MLS conspiracy against us <laughs> right um, <laughs> but yeah so second half starts we're at 10 men each which is good for us because for some reason we always play worse when we're up a man or two and uh they scored just a ridiculous goal like nobody was saving that no um to tie it up and then we it's the second goal a penalty it was a penalty penalty. that was the uh mario yeah on the box yeah that would talk about another weird call yes i was convinced that was going to var and we were going to lose that oh yeah somehow we didn't yeah i mean it, it looked like a looked like a dive Certainly, yeah. from the way from the way we saw it, um, I don't know how much of this is bias, but I had people telling me, "No, no, no, his heels were clipped." So I'm just going to believe that uh, because maybe, maybe clipped by the air maybe, surrounding yes, the defender's yes. heels, yes, but, like feet, but yes, no, the, the defender's aura yes. is what brought him down. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so Royer converts that ninth goal of the season, and uh, we are up two to one. We somehow held on, yeah. and just as the game ends, the skies open up, and it just torrential down right. more. And the concourse uh, flooded didn't again. flood again. No, oh, wait, no, no it, it, did. Did. it did. It did. It did. It did. It was about 10 feet of water in there. Yeah. It was... Uh, For only the second time in three away games there. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, the first time, like, that was bad, because the roof was leaking, and the concourse did fill up like a swimming pool, but at least it was raining pretty hard. This... I mean, last week it was, it, it's not raining. It wasn't raining any harder than it was earlier today. No, uh, no. It, it, I don't know what they did. That maybe, was just ridiculous. Maybe they're having the same problem that they are apparently having in Minnesota. Uh, I found out before the game that um, 
at Minnesota's new stadium, the group that was contracted to do the field forgot to take the drain drain caps off on the pipes underneath the field. So they got a lot of rain, and then the rain started rising up out of the the field because the drain caps were closed and it couldn't drain anywhere. <laughs> how do you do that? Like, how is that a thing? Uh, but yeah, maybe they're having the same problem. But uh, who are your three stars? Uh, my three stars were Royer for converting another penalty. It's good to have a consistent penalty taker, finally. Um, Kaku for the for the first goal. I mean, even though it was a defensive mistake, it's still a, you know, well-finished. Uh, and I guess the first star goes to CCJ for <laughs> taking two elbows in the face yeah. and drawing the red card. <laughs> yeah, the same... Aside from that, he did have a good game. Yeah, he did. But that was, that was uh, certainly... Yeah, I, know, I had the same. Involvement. I had the same three, but in different order. Uh, third star Caceres, second star Royer, first star Kaku. Uh, sometimes it just feels like Kaku's the only one out there that gives a damn anymore. Yeah. And like, no matter what the score is or how late it is in the game, like he's the only one that's still gonna go out there and just kill himself for us. Yeah. I mean, I think we mentioned last week that what you know, in in moments where the press really is breaking down and players are sitting a little bit deeper because Armas, um, you see that he's the only one who is trying to be like this sort of, you know, general type character and push other players higher up the field. Yeah. Um, he's, he's leading a revolution, trying to lead a revolution against Chris Armas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, on last week's show, we had the question of, you know, if you had to win only one game this week mm -hmm. and and i said dc because it's a six point game you pull ahead of them you've got the game in hand you play them again you're in the driver's seat for the fourth playoff position you're not going to catch nyc philly no. or atlanta no. and uh apparently the team listens because uh saturday yeah we still have not won a game there since the seven nothing game. Yeah, it's been a while. It's now been more than three years. Yeah, it's um, I don't know if it's a mental thing. I don't know if it's a you know skill thing that we're not used to playing on a smaller field or a field that has fake grass on the infield grass right. uh, infield dirt. Or, you know, we're just, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I, I think with the team last year, given like two normal games against NYCFC, like hypothetically, Jesse Marsh waits for another week to depart for Austria or Germany, wherever the hell he went. <laughs> um, like, I think we were good enough last year to beat them once. Uh... Jesse would have made a sub before the 87th minute. Yes, he probably would have Jesse, made a sub before that. Jesse would have gotten them to score a goal while up two men. Yes. I think, like, last year it's a freak thing that we didn't get at least one win. But in 2017, we lost there, or we only played there once and lost. And this year we only played once and lost. 
and like deservedly lost both games. It seems actually I didn't watch I didn't watch this game, <laughs> but uh, it seems like we deservedly lost both of those games, uh, and I think a lot of it is the fact that the field is so small that you know maybe it neutralizes the press a little bit. Uh, part of that is. I mean, one of the I don't know how much of an impact this really has, but one of the things that gets talked about regarding Daniel Royer is like that's the the field on which he like had his leg amputated yeah. uh, in you know on on the, the on the warning track and yeah maybe I'm, there's sort of like a mental thing that I'm convinced that there's a mental block uh, for him for for sure. Um, I guess this year, like, we actually are shit, and NYCFC is actually kind of good. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, and in 2017, they were better than us as well. Uh, so I don't I don't know... I don't know how much there really is to, to read into it, but it has been a while since we... Be, I, I think just because there was that benchmark of, like, beating them by fucking seven goals, right? Um, that, we still haven't lost by more than seven. Right. So. Right. Like. Yeah. I think our plus minus. Yeah, the there... plus minus. We st- we still have a, a a positive goal differential <laughs> in that stadium, <laughs> which <laughs> only I, we're the only team that could go three years without a win. Three and a half. I mean, because we also played a second game in 2016 and lost. And 2018. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I right. Like yeah, yeah. like we've gone we've gone three years without a win. What is that? Five games now. Yeah. Without, without, I mean, with one point, uh, the 1-1 loss. Yep. And we still managed to, in that stadium, have a positive goal differential against them. Yeah. So that's, that's, that is cool. Uh, yeah. But the result was not cool. No. Um, no, it was frustrating. Um, you know, it, it, it just, he, com- Armis completely abandoned the press mm-hmm. halfway through the game. Just gone. Just over. We we squandered so many opportunities in front of net. We had like two absolutely wide open chances. Brad missed one, and I can't remember. It was, it was like a team it was effort. The on the Tom Barlow one, one. Yeah. or he's getting a lot of blame for it. Yeah. I, I mean, but, I, but I, Brad missed a sitter. Yeah, like that right there. Brad missed a sitter. Um, the back line just looked shambolic at times especially parker and long yeah it's just <sighs> so we now we now have because what did we get last year i mean how many clean sheets did we so many so many we went a ridiculous amount of time without giving up a goal so we've got six games left and we we are on five clean sheets still yeah uh and i understand that's not everything but like we don't deserve clean, clean sheets. Like not, it's not like we're defending well. No, and getting unlucky week in no. and week out. I mean, taxis being taxi, but you know, there was a lot of criticism for Mario, for causing the penalty, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. He was just completely out of position. He, you know, flailing around like that. You can't do that. Yeah. Like, and I, I get a lot of the the criticism. That, that he was getting after the game, and I agree with it. He's just, he's not the player he was. I don't know if it's a mental thing, or, you know, that he's, like, checked out and, mm-hmm. like, doesn't want to be I, here. I have, a, I have a much easier time digesting that, of course, than the, you know, 
the idea that he was like somehow never good. Yeah, um, no, I don't buy into but that. I, I don't think, I don't think you know you have to be delusional to look at the season and say that he's been he's been off. Long has been ruined by the national team. Parker has been even more off than Mario, in my opinion. Um, we got waxed by the wax man. Yeah, we did. Uh, and, and and again, it's 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 frustrating because of where we were last year. Like if 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 last year we had another slightly above mediocre season, and I I, I don't think anyone would be in sort of panic mode. Yeah, no, I think there'd be more people if, in the Armis out camp if we didn't win the Shield last year. I think there's a lot of people giving him the benefit of the doubt that like well look at what he did so like he can do it again like give him a chance and that's that's where i fell for not much of the season but much of the time that he has been kind of under criticism because he was getting criticized before he even won the shield um for supposedly changing the style of play and at first again i was i was thinking you know what uh any sort of changes are probably coincidental and when he won the shield with the highest point total in mls history i thought at this point it's ridiculous to throw him under the bus even for the playoff exit but the more that you watch this season the more i'm convinced he was just riding a wave of momentum that was coming from jesse marsh like he didn't have it, 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 it might just simply be that he didn't have time to implement his own his own style of play. Yeah. I was reading an interview that Jesse just did with, I don't remember who, ASN maybe, and they asked him, you know, about, you know, various things and, and being in Austria and Germany and all that. And he mentioned that he was very well versed in how they do things over there because he would travel there every winter after the MLS season was over. And would go, you know, learn under them, watch, mm. watch what they do, talk about tactics, sit in on practice, you know, be at the games, just learn on the job over there uh, in his own free time. And then later on in the article, he mentioned that Armis didn't travel to Germany or Austria in the offseason. Curious. He just stayed home. And he kind of made it seem like, oh, like he was, you know, you know, busy with the kids or like, you know, had other stuff to do, but he didn't travel. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, he'd be a better coach if he went and watched a bunch of people speak German because there's absolutely no way he understands anything that they would be saying. Uh, So it'd just be like in one ear out the other. But, you know, it does tell you the show you the difference between jesse and chris and that jesse no matter how we felt about him or how we thought he felt about us he was invested in his job sure he wanted bigger and better things everybody wants bigger and better things i gave him a lot of flack for leaving in the middle of the season i gave him a lot of flack when he was missing games or like leaving games early to go catch a flight to go get his his uh you know coaching license and everybody told me i was crazy he just wants to learn we got to to benefit a little bit from that learning but he left before we got the full benefit of like super jesse yeah like and this is the just the mo of red bull is that you send somebody here you sign a player you sign a coach 
you bring them in, you teach them the system, you give them the tools to better themselves, but they're not bettering themselves for us. They're not bettering themselves for Red Bull New York. They're bettering themselves for Leipzig or Salzburg. They're doing it on, on our dime, on our watch. And as soon as they're good enough to leave, they leave, whether they're a coach or a player. You know, we're going to see it with Caceres in the offseason when he goes to Salzburg, and that's going to suck. I'm still convinced this is just an extended trial for Josh, Josh Sims to go to Austria or Germany in the off, in, in January. Like, it's just frustrating that, that that's the way that it works, but, like, Armis can't even fake it correctly. No. no. <laughs> like, like, he can't even get invested enough to leave because, dude, I would pay for you right now to fly over there to go take some German lessons if it just meant you got you just left. Like To, to, to kind of bring it back to the stuff about Jesse Marsh, I didn't think about it for a lot of this season, but when he was here, listening to the way the players spoke about him and the way that the press spoke about him, he kind of had this reputation as a little bit of a madman, mm-hmm. right? Like, like he was a, he's a, he's a crazy person. Um, and I, I, I guess nobody really knew what to make of it back then, but seeing the contrast between Jesse Marsh, you know, leaving in the 87th minute before Chris Harmus makes substitutions <laughs> to go catch flights you know, to, to Europe and get a coaching license. Like, like this is, this is a bonkers thing to do. And, uh, the, the contrast between that and Chris Armas, who you watch in, in like team talks and stuff and says absolutely nothing of any value whatsoever. He's, I see, I, I see people on Twitter use, use, terms like glorified gym teacher right yep. and part of me is like wow that's really rude but the other part of me is like is is thinking that's totally accurate he would be the greatest opening act for tony robbins ever yeah just like put him out on tour with yeah. him have him walking around in his shirt that is way too tight tucked into his pants like just like telling them guys 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 you're the best like this guy could be making millions of dollars selling, like, books on tape yeah. and, like, self-help bullshit and yes. pictures. Yes, Like, that is his call. Yes, Chris Armas is actually the Jordan Peterson of MLS coaches. Yes. Got it. Yep. Ugh. Yeah. And, like, I've, I've been arguing with the guys in Chicago because they just keep telling me, like, oh, give Chris a chance. He's a nice guy. Be the nicest guy. He's a nice guy. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say he's not a nice guy. Like he doesn't have a mean bone in his body. You know, he's just a moron. Yeah. And like I'm never gonna say that Dennis Hamlet's a a nasty guy. Dennis has been like one of the nicest guys to me. Every time he sees me, you know, he's he'll have a conversation with me. But I think both of them are failing at their jobs. Mm -hmm. And you know, they Dennis has had every opportunity to sign a player. That, that we know of, but for whatever reason, isn't. Yeah. He's passing up on sign, signing guys like Brian Rodriguez for $50,000 in cash. That is just ridiculous. And it, it's just... I'm really getting frustrated with... And I know we're like so off on a tangent right now. But that's what this show is. I'm really frustrated with the people that are like, you can't blame Armas... Because he's just, he has the players that were given to him by Dennis. And then you want to blame Dennis. Well, it's not Dennis's fault. He can only spend as much money as Red Bull lets him. 
Okay, then blame Red Bull. Well, it's not Red Bull's fault. They're playing within the rules of MLS. So blame MLS? Is it's I mean, all MLS's I, I fault? Mean, yes, it's so I guess my answer to that would be yes, it's MLS's fault for having stupid fucking rules about who can sign who. But people... But it's also but it's 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 also it's also I mean if I had to rank them in like who's who's at most fault, like Red Bull is probably last on the list just because I I, I don't think that I mean, I don't think that there's a whole lot that, you know, that can't be solved elsewhere. So the only thing, the only legitimate criticism is kind of what you were touching on earlier, that, like, when you come through the Red Bull system, your final destination is meant to be Europe, right? And even still, I, th- I look at that and I think, well, if that means we get, you know, European caliber players for a short amount of time, and every- it's, it's like this pipeline of players who, f- who all play the same way, like, fine, whatever. But then to, you know, to, to deflect blame away from guys who actually work for Red Bull New York and who have a direct impact on what goes on, like, administratively and on the field, Dennis and Chris, and they're, you know, a, a, as you said, like, like passing up Brian Fernandez, um, you know, only speaking with your hands and saying guys, guys, guys. Like, like th- this is, it's, it's, it's so unbecoming of the team last year uh and i i get that the mls roster roles are archaic but we and i I, but everyone has to play by them everybody has to play by them except la galaxy they get to do whatever they want right but i i know i'm beating a dead horse here but we have the richest owner Mm -hmm. in mls period he is richer than the sheik you could say, well, the Sheik's family has money, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. He is richer than the Sheik. There's no reason we aren't signing a player from South America for $10 million, $10 million even if we'd sell him to Leipzig for $15 million in, in two years. Who cares? It, there's absolutely no reason we cannot be playing like Atlanta or like LAFC, where they have these, you know, they go out, they get high money people, high money targets, and throw them on the field. If you take a team where the core is Kaku and Royer and Caceres, and I'll even throw in Long and Taxi, and we'll leave the back line. Let's just, we'll leave the back line. And you start filling in those holes with million-dollar players. You, you start filling them in with a Brian Rodriguez. You start filling them in with, I'm not going to say Slaton because he's too old, but you start getting players from Europe that aren't fringe players for Southampton who appeared in 13 Premier League games over the course of three seasons, most of those being sub-appearances. There is no reason we're going cheap. We are not Sunderland. This is not a fucking Netflix documentary. We should be going out and spending five, ten, fifteen million dollars on a nineteen-year-old kid that can run and play in the system, that can figure out how to press, that has is has mm-hmm. young legs. Why are we not supplementing the pipeline that is the academy with better players? We don't. Yeah. Uh, Riz is great. But we could be doing so much more mm-hmm. 
than Rizzo. Yes. Especially at his contract, at his salary last year of $982,000. There's so much better talent out there for the money. And, and, And I think the, like the, the, uh, the point about high pressing is important because it's, it's it's almost like you can't you can't bring in it's, it's like like the rest of the world. There's not a single player who's conditioned to to play in a high press. There's not a single one. Uh, I'll throw out a name: Daniel Sturridge. Do I think he'd work in our, in in MLS? No, not really. But Daniel Sturridge played under Jurgen Klopp, high who press. plays high press, yeah. and he's he's on a free. Why are we not looking at him? He's twenty nine. Why aren't we looking at him? Yeah, I mean... I th- I think to we're... replace Bradley. Yeah, I... I... <laughs> Why isn't it even a conversation? Why are we not even in the realm of talk for a player anymore? We're in the realm of talk for every single Romanian player from third division Bratislava. Why are we only in talks for them? Why are they the ones we're looking at? I, I, I think it's it's a totally fair argument to make like, that mls is not the, 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 mm-hmm. the the way that it was when we started with the academy it is just fast forwarded so far in two years with la and atlanta they've completely changed the game of you know we thought we figured it out of hey we could just get a bunch of young kids and like build it build a nucleus and build a team and go and that works but there was something there like were still the, such crucial pieces to that 2018 yeah. team that made them so good yeah and two of them are gone now and i i, I know i know you, you you know you don't like it when people blame the tyler adams uh sale for everything and of, and of course it's not everything but he was such a crucial part jesse marsh I, th- I think we're learning retro, you know, retrospectively that he was such a crucial part of that team, mm-hmm. um, and 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 yeah, look, I, I suppose we we are, we are at a point where you need. I mean, I don't I don't even I don't even want to go with the cliche of like like, you know, winger from Argentina, right? Because positionally, that's not what we need. But but as you said, why is it that you can't bring in? players who can play in a high press and who uh, i don't know i mean it's it's like it it shouldn't be a ridiculous concept i I feel like we could fly dennis down we could just pull a south american country out of a hat and randomly pick a game for him to attend and we could find a striker brian white's good brian white's serviceable Mm -hmm. Brian White is not a world beater. No, he's not. Brian White is a poacher, and and he's never going to progress above being a serviceable MLS he's, striker. He's fairly close to his peak. And we should not be hanging our hat on that. We shouldn't be, you know, kicking back going, man, look at that Brian White that we produced. Yeah. Look at him and Tommy Barlow. That's the future. Yeah. That is not the future of MLS. That is, if that is our future, we are fucked. Yeah. Just simple as that. They're good players, but their MLS is progressing so much and so rapidly that we are going to be left in the dust if we just continue to depend on getting players through USL, finding them through the draft and the academy. That works, but we need proven talent it's around a, them it's because a great it, way to build like a core 
a core squad, right? Like, and, and, and that's why, I mean, I think to the point about, you know, there seems to be this sort of binary where, like, you either have to entirely, you know, just make RB2 the first team next year or, like, you know, all USL players are bad and none of them will ever, you know, will ever progress to any decent level. Like, there seems to be this binary. And, of, of, of course, of course that's not true. And that's the advantage that we have is that Atlanta and LAFC don't have a pipeline of talent, and we do. So all you have, I mean... I, I, I don't know if I said it earlier on here or if I was just thinking it, but, like, we don't even have to buy players as good as the ones they're buying. No. And that's kind of the no. frustrating part. It's like, we don't have to sign P.T. Martinez. We sign, like, like guy who's almost as good as P.T. Martinez, and, you know, we're, we have a better squad than Atlanta. Yeah. And we don't have to sign Rossi. We sign a guy who's almost as good as him. Yep. And we have a better squad than LAFC. I, I just always think back, like, when, when we've, first really started pushing the academy and red bull 2 and all that and the pipeline started coming in and i would just sit there thinking about man if we had done this three years earlier for Henri, could you imagine putting these players these young players around Henri, not just for them to learn from him but like shouted at him at by him and but but <laughs> on and off the field they would have learned so yeah. much from him but they also if you had Alex Muiel running around like a chicken with his head cut off, Henri would just thrive in that mm-hmm. because he would just be able to dink the ball off of him into the net or he would be able to, to get free because everybody's trying to figure out what is the crazy white boy over there doing. Like, instead, under Henri, with Henri, it was that old system of just buy as much old talent as you can and, like, fingers crossed like say a prayer and we just complete culture shock to the other extreme like like you were saying that most people that people think it has to be one way or the other it doesn't there could be a balance Mm -hmm. and just do both there's no reason like especially because homegrowns don't cost anything against the cap yeah if you're a homegrown player you cost nothing against the salary cap you know how much money that frees up Uh we should have like six or seven homegrown players and supplement them with a bunch of guys on GAM and TAM and DP contracts. We have the funds. We have the money. Just spend them. Spend the money. Enough. Enough with this money ball bullshit. The Oakland A's never won the World Series with it. We're never going to win MLS Cup with it. There needs to be a balance. You need to spend money and you need to have the kids, but fucking spend the money. Like, yeah. God, who are your three stars? For NYCFC. <laughs> uh, my third star is uh, is Alex Muiel for the goal. Uh, second star is also Alex Muiel. For bleeding? The, uh, for for bleeding. bleeding. And the first star is Alex Muiel because no one on this team gets more shit than he does yeah. uh, relative to their production. Yeah. So. I mean, he it. proved that he's the Messiah yesterday. He is. Not on Saturday. He is. Not yesterday. It's It's Wednesday. Uh, okay, I see that. Uh, I gave my third star to Josh Sims. Um, I know I've given a lot of flack towards him, including like three minutes ago. Uh, but you know, I thought he played well. He was, you know, moving around. Him and Kaku, I feel like if they were given an entire season to play together, they would develop an excellent partnership. Uh, so you're saying three and a half games might not be enough? I don't think three and a half games is enough. Oh, no, man. 
Um, second star was Takaku, because once again, he was out there killing himself for nothing. And uh, first star, Alex Mouille, for being Jesus. Um, but yeah, Josh, Josh Sims, I know you didn't watch the game. He came on in like 70th minute, somewhere around there. And immediately hit the ground running. Yeah, I mean, I mean, reading through Twitter that night, like it was apparent to me that he was one of the bright spots. Yeah, no, uh, he he looked really good. Like he was he was trying a lot of things. It was exciting. Um, but like I've said before, I don't trust Armis to ever get anything out of any player. Yeah, and I don't trust that we're gonna get anything out of him with like six games left. It, there isn't even an option to buy, so I'm not really sure what we're going to get out of playing him instead of playing a guy like Omir Fernandez that we have under contract. Right. Um, so that's weird. Um, but, yeah, uh, in other news, uh, the MLS playoff schedule came out. Absolutely ridiculous. And it is as horrible as it could be. Uh, I have it on Twitter. Let's see if I can find it quickly um so if you don't know i don't know how you don't uh mls compressed the schedule the season down and then compressed uh mls cup down it's one game knockouts um so the final game of the season is october 6th and then we have uh one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve days off and then round one is that's an inter- that's an international, international break. break. Um, round one is uh, October nineteenth and twentieth, which is a Saturday or a Sunday. The conference semifinals are uh, the twenty third and twenty fourth, which are a Wednesday and a Thursday. Fantastic. The conference finals are the twenty ninth and thirtieth, which are a Tuesday and Wednesday. Very sensible. And then there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten days off. And then MLS Cup is uh, November 10th. Very normal. So three games in t- ten days-ish. Yep. yep. Right about there. Uh, I mean, I guess, so the few takeaways, right, are, um, first of all, that the conference semifinals and the conference finals are both midweek. Yep. Which is... Uh, just absurd yep i know it's because of tv and stuff now no what's what's going it's not right i mean like what is is the real justification for it the falcons the patriots and the los angeles rams whose stadium is directly next to bank of california are home on uh uh, october 27th which is a sunday which would force the conference conference semis to move up because you can't have games that yeah. are close together at the same venue. And then uh, the Seahawks, Seahawks and uh, Los Angeles Chargers, who play at where the Galaxy play, are home on November 3rd, which means we can't have the uh, conference finals on a weekend. So, yeah, thank you to Atlanta, Seattle, both LA teams, and New England for um, having their own stadiums. Well, the LA teams have their own stadiums. Well, but... no, I mean, Galaxy are allowing the Chargers to play there, right. and uh, LAFC is playing, literally, you can spit and hit, uh, yes. hit the uh, Memorial Coliseum. Yes. It's frustrating. But but thanks to, thanks to Atlanta United, Sounders, 
and revs for all having their own stadiums. Yeah. Uh, is what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like I said on Twitter, I'm not really sure why we're all mad since we're not making it out of round one. Yeah. Okay, Mark um, Fishkin, too. <laughs> look, it's... <laughs> do you really think if if we have to play on the road... No, we don't win. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. I think if <laughs> I think if we're the number four seed and we're hosting DC, we'll advance to the conference semis. Yeah. But then we're going to the number one seed, which is probably going to be Atlanta, yeah. on three days rest. I don't really see it happening. No. Uh, just have to, you know, keep banking on even, the fact that they can't beat us. Even worse than that, I think that Atlanta, Philly, and NYC, Atlanta's our best chance to win, as long as Taxi's not hurt. Mm-hmm. If we have to go to, to NYC or we have to go to Philly, we shouldn't even bother selling tickets. Yeah. Because we're not winning in either of those places. No. It's just not going to no. happen. No, unless, unless, and I know this is a little bit radical, unless you fire the coach. What? Right. So <laughs> so there's this thing that, that like teams occasionally do when, when, uh-huh. when they're playing poorly. Uh-huh. Is, right, they... Never heard of this before. Right. They... The, the, the guy whose job it is to coach the team, they, you know, they remove him from that job and they bring someone else who might do a better job. Um, and it's apparently this has happened seven, six or seven times this year in MLS. The teams have been playing. And I don't believe you. I mean, no, look it up. This is this look it just up. this seems like a lie. Right. I don't I don't actually believe that. You're allowed. How could you fire someone mid-season? How does that even work? They have a contract. Right. Don't you have to hold on to them until the end of the contract? Look, this is just, this is bizarre. It is bizarre. Oh, man. But you're saying it's it's helped? It, do you have an example of it helping? So, I, I do actually. Okay. In, in 2016, uh-huh. the Seattle Sounders were... The worst team in all of world soccer. Okay. And then they fired Ziggy Schmidt. Uh huh. And went on this winning run and finished like second or third in the West, uh, despite only a few weeks before having been borderline, you know, not even making the playoffs. Brought in this guy named Brian Schmetzer, who'd been with the club for 10 years or whatever. And he goes on, and they fell face first into winning MLS Cup, and now they have a star on their shirt and rings on their fingers, which, as Grant Wall pointed out, are things that we actually don't have. Yeah, I would just want to, uh, Grant. I know you listen to the show. You said that supporter shields don't get you rings. FC Dallas gave out rings to their players for winning U.S. Open Cup. And Supporter Shield in 2016. They got a ring, and on, on one side of the ring, it's got the Open Cup. And on the other side of the ring, it's got the Supporter Shield on it. So you can get a ring for that. So what I'm trying to say is, go fuck yourself. Basically. Basically what I'm getting at. But, yeah, back to this coaching thing. So, right. so like, you're saying we could get rid of Armis and potentially be better. Right. The only downside is that he would not have a job, which I don't think many people really care about. I like mean, it, he's under contract, so he'd continue to be paid right, until the end would. of his contract. So, like... He would get bored. Oh, well. Oh, well. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking as well. Yeah, I'm not really seeing a downside to this. Right. Huh. Huh. And the team we're playing, they just fired their coach, right? The team we're playing did recently fire their coach. Okay, yeah. So we're playing Colorado. They're a soccer team. Right. They're fairly bad. Um, they currently have the plague. And um, I don't know what that noise just was on my computer. That was a little weird. But... Um, yeah, so uh, Colorado fired their coach earlier this year, and uh, they hired off-duty police officer Connor Casey to be a caretaker manager. And uh, they recently just hired Robin Frazier, who was an assistant coach with us with under Petke, uh, to be their head coach. Uh, wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, what do you think is going to happen in this game of Colorado? Uh, when's the last time I predicted a win? I mean, when's the last time we, like, collectively looked at a game and were like, we're going to win this one? I mean, I think I said we'd beat New England by, like, a goal I think and was wrong. I think we both said we were going to beat Columbus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are like, Columbus is shit. Yeah. Like, they don't even have Greg Berhalter anymore. No, they They're don't. They're garbage. No. That worked really well. That did. Uh... uh I mean, surely we wouldn't lose to Colorado the same way we lost to Columbus. Well, I mean, we did just win in Colorado last year, so, like, we kind of owe them. We do owe them. Um, Shit. Damn. God damn it. Um, no, I, I think we can win this game. We If we don't win this game, there's going to be rioting. It's going to be bad. If it smells like shit again it's gonna be even worse yeah but i mean it's forza lucha day so like if you're not doing anything before the game come on out to holy cross school church rec center thing place. it's like a, it's on frankie rogers it's over by the the harrison courts uh and, and green room and that uh we're gonna have breezes there so like empanadas that's cool wrestling is pretty wrestling cool. is is really cool it's not vince mcmahon wrestling so like it's it's enjoyable very not problematic yeah yeah um so hopefully we win i don't want to jinx it so i'm gonna knock on wood i oh no we lost last year last year was the first time we lost on the forza lucha day right when we lost to new england yeah so we should win again Wait, last year was... We faced New England. We didn't lose to New England. I thought we lost to New England at home last year. No, we we, we beat them 2-0. Really? Yeah. Then why did Matt Turner's family come down to like give him hugs and kisses? Because they, they support him. Did we really win him. that game? We won 2-0. We beat, we beat New England... Oh no, we lost them away, but... Bradley and Royer scored. Where the hell is this game? I thought... Didn't we face them against... 27? Oh yeah, we did win. Oh, look at that. Now, okay. now, what I can't remember is which game was Forza Lucha, because I couldn't make it to Forza Lucha last year. It was the New England was, game was last the, year. Was yeah, yeah, it was New England. All right, so... So we, we we're undefeated. We're still on, undefeated on Forza Lucha. On Forza Lucha Day. So uh Yay. Um 
we got to win this game like 3 nothing. We need a damn clean sheet mm-hmm. at home. Yeah. We need some offensive firepower. Anything less than that is just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, Colorado is garbage. Like, yeah. Columbus, was, they, was, they were also garbage, but they were garbage on the way up. I mean, Colorado has just been, ever since getting knocked out in the playoffs three years ago by Seattle, um, they have been just, you know, trash- constantly mm-hmm. like they're 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 so bad they caught the jermaine jones bug and then they caught the plague like they yeah. literally have the plague literally now they have the plague. um which you know that might be the reason that they got rid of connor casey maybe maybe he like died uh i hope not but oh you you hope so okay. nah, never liked him <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 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 they, they've always been bad since 2016 and and now they have the plague like sh- surely that has to be a win because uh, I was th- I was thinking a moment ago I'm like you know what maybe this is gonna be like the RSL game where uh, it's it's one of those few performances in a generally crappier that actually makes us look quite good puts Armas right back in the Armas zone uh, where you know he's untouchable uh, yeah that's what I'm, I'm I'm going for a big win that sort of further institutionalizes Chris Armas's as, as as manager. Okay. I will agree. Three or four nil. Yeah, I'll agree. All right, question time. Topical question. Which is worse, smell versus plague? This is from um, Wanners FC. Which is worse, smell versus... So, so like, would I, so rather, like, would I rather have the plague or would I rather live Would in you Harrison? rather the plague be around your stadium or the smell of the carny dumps being around your stadium? It depends. Do I get the plague or not? I mean, I don't think anybody has gotten it yet. Right. It's just in the area. The prairie dogs have it. So, like, the squirrels would have the plague. Right. Which is bad. It's probably bad for the ecosystem. Yeah. But... But, I mean, like, releasing that, toxic fumes yeah, that's, is that's probably worse. probably worse. I would, I would go for the plague, even though there's kind of the very small chance that... I'll get the plague. Yeah. I, I said plague. Plague doesn't smell bad. I said plague because plague equals death, and this team that, that's makes pref- me. That's preferable to watching like, Armas die that's sometimes. Fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> Jorge from Jersey uh, said, You have one more DP slot, barely made the playoffs. Who do you pick? C3PO, R2D2, BB8, or Johnny Five? Johnny Five. So I had to look up who Johnny Five even is because I've never like watched a movie in my life. Uh, Gotta be Johnny Five. Uh, C3PO would like get the ball and like have to say a monologue of what he was gonna do with the ball. <laughs> BB8. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of. They would just think he was the ball. Like it was a good and, distraction. And and R2D2, like his legs are like on the ground permanently. Yeah. Like unless he's like swinging his whole body to hit the ball. Go on Johnny Five. Yeah, it's gotta be Johnny Five. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if robots make a very good DP at all, but I got to be better than Josh Sims. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be better like, than like, Frank Roast. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Frank Ross was 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 a very bad side. Yeah. Or and, and uh, Omar see, Damari. <laughs> we got a red card out of him and a goal in El Salvador. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, if 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 R two D two can score in El Salvador, I'll take him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Crap, I just lost. There we go. Um, who on... This from uh, Michael Thompson. Who on the RBNY roster would you have at Forza Lucha? 
I'm going to say Bradley. Because after we got knocked out in the playoffs last year, he was talking about how his wife got him, uh, like, 30 minutes. It's this, like, it's this place that you could go to and pay. And they give you, like, a sledgehammer. And, like, there's a bunch of, like, old office equipment. And you just, like, go into the room and, like, destroy it. So, like, I feel like he's got a lot of rage built up this year, being as he hasn't been playing. So, like, throw him in the ring and let him, you know, take his frustrations out. And he's little. So, like, you know, be hard to catch. Would be. Um, Either him or Mouille. Just because I was, Alex yeah, Mouille is the answer the def- for everything. The default answer is kind of Alex Mouille. That's who I was thinking of. Though, a, a, tag, team, a tag team of Parker and Long... Well, that's like, just not fair to everyone else. No, no. Make it <laughs> make it a, a six-man tag match and give them Tarek. They would just, like, destroy yeah. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last question is from Chris Ashley. Uh, he said, is there any chance the Tarps come down for a home playoff game? Is it greater or less than the chance of, of our getting a home playoff game in the first place? No chance. Unless it's MLS Cup. They're not taking... That's in writing? No, no. That's just... There's no way that we're going to bring enough people to RBA. If we have a home playoff game for the first round, we're not selling out the place. Even though you have, like, two weeks to sell it out, you're not selling out the place. But you're sure as shit not selling it out on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Thursday. It'll be, like, 17,000 people. Uh, If we're lucky, there's going to be 12,000 people. Like, no. Absolutely not. Uh, is it a, a higher chance than having a home playoff game? No, no, because no. I think actually the way the table is starting to take shape, I do think we finish fourth place and yeah. get the home playoff game. Yeah. Unless New England passes us, which is a very real possibility. Yeah. Uh, Let's hope not. Eh, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that is uh, that'll do it. We're both saying big win this weekend, and hopefully we're right. Come out to Forza Lucha. Uh, tickets are still available. You could uh, buy them on uh, ESCTix.com. You get your game tickets there. You could buy a ticket with T-shirt combo to guarantee that we'll have your size waiting for you. Uh, we have tickets up for all the away games. Uh, we really, really, really need you to buy your tickets for Seattle and Portland. Please just buy your tickets. I, I talked to like five people on Saturday. They were like, oh yeah, I bought my plane tickets. Did you buy your game tickets? No, not yet. Why? What are you waiting for? It's like 30 bucks. Just buy your damn tickets. Like, I need to give them numbers and I can't keep saying, well, I've got a bunch of people that didn't buy. And then when they talk to me the following week, they, you guys still didn't buy. Just buy your damn tickets. It's not a hard concept. Uh, but yeah, that'll do it. So uh, big win. Come to Forza Lucha, buy your tickets, see ya.